I kind of thought I was going to get an introduction, but <laughs> surprise, here I am. Um, I know some of you uh, that some of you may not know me. My name's Mike Holder. I'm one of the elders here. Uh, Doug is out of town with his family at ACU. Go Wildcats! Um, with his his kids, it's family weekend, so he had the opportunity to go there and. He asked me a few weeks ago if I would uh, stand in this Sunday. So um, I know some of you are probably surprised by that. I was surprised by that. And some of you may have nodded off during those songs and went, wow, that was the quickest service ever. It's shepherd's prayer time already. Um, and some of you are thinking, wow, I didn't know Doug was going to be out of town. This was a Sunday I could have skipped, right? So... Um, you're stuck with me, and I'll try to do the best I can. Um, this has been a powerful series for me. It's one that I've really enjoyed and got a lot, of out, lot out of, and hopefully can share some things that I have gotten out of that with you this morning. Uh, I want to do one quick thing before we get started. I want to give a shout-out. Um, many of you know Jane Stevens. Um, we who know her well, affectionately know her as Granny Jane. She's been my Granny Jane since I was in high school. And she watches regularly, and I, I get an update every week on how that she has been at home, usually with her great-granddaughter, Charlie Kay. And I already got a text this morning. She's watching. She said the sound wasn't working very well, so that may be a good thing for her. Uh, but if you can hear Granny Jane, we love you and we miss you and we hope you have a great morning. Uh, before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we're uh, most of all thankful for the time that we have to come together as family, uh, time to share uh, the Lord's Supper together, time to sing together, time to pray together. Uh, Father, I ask that you... Be with us during this time right now when we look especially at the Lord's Prayer and how powerful that prayer is and what it means to us, what it can mean to us, and what we can learn from it. Father, I pray that you would uh, use me this morning, that uh, I know that you can um, do much more than I can, and I just pray that uh, uh, something meaningful uh, would happen, somebody would hear something that's meaningful to their life. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, this has been a meaningful series for me. You know, obviously I've been familiar with the Lord's Prayer uh, for my entire time in church, which started when I was in uh, junior high, but I never really took a deep look at it prior to to this series and, and what it really means. And I know that there, you know, in a lot of religious culture, the Lord's Prayer is, is something that's utilized much more than it typically has been uh, in our tribe. And I feel like that I've probably missed out some for not, um, for not digging into it deeper, for not utilizing it for what it could be utilized. Uh, and um, I, I'm glad that we've done this series. And, you know, I know that we've already read it once this morning, but I would like to 
uh, read it again as we get into this. So if you would, read along with me again. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thank you. And so this morning, the verse that we're going to look at specifically is the part that says, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, there's a lot packed into that. And when, I, when Doug asked me to do this week and I looked at that, I can tell you tons of ideas uh, came to mind. And, but the more that I read it, the more that I studied it, there were really two things that stood out to me. And that's the two things that I'd like to talk to you about today. And you can tell that preaching is not my profession because I don't have three points. I only have two points. So good for you, right, that I only have two points. Um, and what I really take away from this and what I've titled this lesson is praying together and praying when it's hard. Now, praying together as Chris mentioned, is something that we have really been focused on as a church, uh, especially this summer, but really for a long time. We want to be a church that prays together and that prays together often and that prays together with focus. And when you look at this, at the entire Lord's Prayer throughout it, it's not really an individual prayer. Um, it's an example of praying as community. And I think, you know, throughout what we've talked about and the theme that you've seen throughout our studies about the Lord's Prayer is how important communal prayer is. Throughout the Lord's Prayer, it says our and us, not I and me. Communal prayer Praying together as a community is very, very important and something that we want to be focused on as a church. We want to be a church that prioritizes prayer. And we've done that through a lot of different ways. Obviously, this series. Um, over the summer, we had prayer classes uh, that, that many of us took advantage of. Um, as we've talked about from up here the elders and the staff have been uh, praying weekly on Friday mornings, um, praying speci about specific things, praying for this church, praying that God would show us the direction that he would have us go. Um, we've done special services where we had prayer stations throughout the auditorium or throughout the building and all of those things are meant to prioritize prayer, uh, recognize the importance of prayer, and then as we pray together to build community. There are several advantages that we have when we pray together. Um, and one of the things, you know, over the last several months, 
Uh, we have met with several of the new families, new members that have come to us over the last several months. And one of the constant themes of the feedback that we have gotten is how important community and relations, authentic relationship is, uh, multi-generational, you know, uh, getting together of people of all different ages. Uh, and that's been a really powerful thing. It's been, it's been awesome to hear that. Um, and, and we know that that's what people want. That's why we're in this room, right? We want community. We recognize how important community is to us. Um, and that's the other thing that comes about when we look at prayer as a communal thing. We know that it fosters community and connection. It provides spiritual and emotional support. It generates energy and a collective focus, which is what we've been talking about. And probably most importantly, when we pray together as a group and individuals express their prayer, they're expressing their heart. It gives us a window into each other's heart. What's important to us, what we're dealing with in life. And it's important for us to know that if we're going to build true, authentic relationships and community. You know, throughout the, the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, and especially in Acts and beyond, as the church was established, there are many, many examples, examples of the disciples praying together. And they weren't necessarily praying the Lord's Prayer, right? I mean, we have, uh, we have explanation of what they were praying. They were praying for Peter's release from prison. Um, they were praying for the church. They were praying for things that they were going through. So we know that the Lord's Prayer, when, when, when Jesus told us and taught us the Lord's Prayer, it wasn't just to say those exact words, although those words can be powerful and meaningful and are, um, it was an example. It was an example of how to pray. We know that they prayed other things. Uh, but one of the things that I've taken away from this series that's been really important to me is that if you look at the Lord's Prayer and the divisions that we have seen, um, there are what I call prompts in it. The, if you look at the divisions of what's prayed through there, and we've got a, a ton of teachers in our church. Teachers are, are very familiar with prompts. One of the ways that we teach kids how to write is writing prompts, right? We give them a prompt and say, you know, write based to this. And I think the Lord's Prayer gives us some prompts. Um, and we... This is the ones that Doug has talked about if you break down the Lord's Prayer. It starts out with adoration or recognizing God's majesty and glory. Um, bread is the next portion or providing for, provision for us. Uh, forgiveness, which we talked about last week and this week, um, our verse is, is talking about deliverance. So, you know, sometimes... It's difficult to pray. I mean, some of us have a hard time. I know I've been there where it's difficult to pray, and there may be different reasons for that. You know, we have people that are at different places in our faith journey, right? We may have a new Christian um, that's not familiar with prayer other than what they've heard, you know, 
out in public or, or somewhere like that. Or, um, you know, you may just be uncomfortable praying around other people. You may feel like you don't know what to say. And one of the things that's been powerful for me in this series is to recognize these prompts and that you can, you can pray like this. And you can pray with adoration. Uh, so if you, if you aren't familiar with prayer or if you have a difficult time praying, maybe think through these prompts. And it's something that I've started to do. And it's really been meaningful to me to pray. You know, God, I recognize you as God. God, I recognize you and give you glory and know that you are the creator of all things and that you provide for me beyond anything I could ask. I've got more than I need. And you, you've forgiven me. And I know that I struggle because sometimes I feel wronged. Sometimes I get mad for no reason. There are a lot of things that I do that I know God doesn't like. And God, I need your forgiveness. And I need to be a forgiving person. And there's a lot in this world that's difficult to deal with. And I know that I'm a broken person, just like every one of us in here, and that I need you to deliver me. I need you to save me, God. So that's, that's following those prompts. And sometimes when you're in a difficult place and it's difficult to pray, maybe that's something that will come back to you, that I can pray through the example of the Lord's Prayer and it be meaningful to you. And that's something, like I say, that's been meaningful to me. Sometimes, I mean, I'm up here every few weeks uh, doing the shepherd's prayer, and, and I will confess to you, sometimes it's easier for me to pray publicly than it is to pray privately. I can think through these things, and I can pray for this church, and I can pray for you, and I do constantly. But it's a different story when it's a personal prayer, when I'm being open to God and talking about my shortcomings or what I'm dealing with. That's a lot tougher. Sometimes the words just don't come. And these things have helped me. Thinking through these prompts have really helped me. And really what it's doing, and I think what Jesus is trying to do is just to give us tools to help us, to help us to grow, to provide those examples. And so praying together, praying with one another, praying as community and having these tools helps us pray when it's hard, when it's hard. And, you know, the other part of this specific verse that we're talking about today, uh, this, this idea of lead us not into temptation uh, most scholars agree that that word temptation is better defined as trials or maybe tests. Lead us not into trials. And I think that, you know, when I think of temptations, I get a different thought than when I think about trials. Uh, obviously, I'm like anybody else, and there are things that tempt me, but trials are what I really struggle with, and I think it's what we struggle with because we don't want to face trials. We don't like difficult times. We don't like hard times. 
We do everything we can do to avoid hard times. And when we have these tools and we go through these hard times and we don't really know what to say or maybe we don't want to say what we really need to say, uh, instead of not praying, maybe we can use some of these tools to continue to pray and get the benefits of that. So in this specific verse that we're looking at, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We see these trials and these hard times, and Jesus knows that we're going to face them, and he is providing a tool for us to continue to pray through those things. Mayor, I hope you notice. My, if y'all don't know, Mayor Jeff Jordan is here. Mayor of the city, he's my boss because I work for the city. I have a Kaufman cup here. I'm promoting the city even as I'm delivering a sermon. So remember that on my next evaluation, if you would. Um, but I think, you know, Jesus, Jesus has obviously experienced trials by this time. We've heard of, uh, we've read prior to this in the Gospels um, of his temptation in the, in the desert. And so when we look at that and know that when we're going through hard times, what happens? We become susceptible. It says, deliver us from the evil one. When we're going through those hard times and we want to avoid it, we want to run from it, we want to sometimes deny that they're there, deny that we're struggling with something, we become susceptible to attacks. And Jesus understands that. And during these times when it's difficult to pray, and if you've been through these tough times, you know, what do we generally say to folks? I'll pray for you. And we should, and we need to, because what this says is it's powerful. But, you know, sometimes that just seems hollow to us when we're going to those things. And it seems hollow. It doesn't seem tangible enough. We want real-time solutions, right? We want it fixed. And typically what we do is we keep it to ourselves. We don't share what we're struggling with. We don't put it out there because we feel embarrassed. We don't want to be judged. There's a whole, whole litany of reasons why we bury that stuff. A lot of it is because we just don't want to deal with it. Uh, but what happens is we stop praying. We don't ask for the community to pray for us because we don't want to admit that we struggle sometimes. But folks, we all know that we all do. Every one of us in here do. And why can't we admit it? I don't know. That's something that we struggle with. But Jesus has been there. Jesus understands. I've been taking, taken by the Lord's Prayer and how, you know, when Jesus used this as an example, and we talked about these prompts, if you look at the temptation in the desert, how close it mirrors the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was led, it says in the Bible, Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit. Lead us not into temptation, right? 
He was led there and he was tempted with three things, if you remember. He was tempted with, he had been fasting for 40 days. He was tempted with food. Sound familiar? Give us this day our daily bread. He was shown all of the kingdoms of the earth and said, you can be over all of this. All of these will be your kingdom, Jesus. And what does he say in the Lord's Prayer? God, your kingdom come. Your will be done, not mine. And then lastly, throw yourself down. Angels will save you. Deliverance. Sound familiar? Deliver us from the evil one. Jesus had been there. He had been through this. He knew what we were going to have to deal with, what we were going to go through, and he provided us an example to say, I've been there with you. I've been through tough times. I've been through trials. Pray this prayer. And the, another thing that I'm struck by is before Jesus was arrested and he went into the garden to pray, he was going to face his toughest trial, his toughest test yet. What's the first thing that he did? He took people with him. He took people with him into the garden and said, wait here while I go over here and pray. Jesus needed community at his toughest time. He needed the support. He needed other people there with him. I think, personally, it doesn't say this, that he expected them to be praying for him as well, even though they fell asleep. He needed community. He understood how important it was to pray together, to practice community during our toughest times. And the Bible says, if we look at this, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Let this cup be taken from me. Your will not mine. Again, reference in the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus used these same themes during his toughest trial, during his toughest time. And I think that when we get there, when we go through these hard times, when we go through these trials, when it's difficult to pray, Maybe we can reflect back to these things. You know, what we practice, what we do during times that are not difficult, our training, our practice for when things are difficult. And I think that's what God is trying to get us to see, what Jesus is trying to get us to see, that these are the things that he fell back on when he went through his toughest trials. 
you know, we need to, we practice and practice and practice under the best circumstances. So when the worst circumstances come, we can react. We can do something about it. And, you know, sometimes things can get really, really hard. Really, really hard. I read a book recently by an author named Ben Horowitz. Ben was the CEO of uh, one of the biggest tech companies around during the big tech boom. And he wrote a book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And I read this book, and um, it, it was a good book. It was interesting. But you know what, the hard, what he says the hard thing about hard things is? They're hard. I read a whole book to find that out, but... What happens, though, and, and what, what was really talked about in this book is when we go through difficult things, when we go through hard times, emotions take over, and logic often goes out the window. And so we have to have these tools. We have to have this mental type of fortitude that we've established over time that help us muddle through, which is really what we're doing, right? We're just muddling through. We're trying to get to the next day. But sometimes, like I said, things can be really, really hard. And if we can get real for just a minute, James Henderson, can we get real for a minute? James is kind of our real, he's, he's, he's going to get you real. Um, this is something that I can really relate to. I don't know if you've ever been through something really, really hard. I don't know how much you know of our family's story. And if I get choked up, I'm sorry. I've really never talked about this publicly. But seven years ago, we lost a grandson, six years old, and very, very horrible circumstances and I can tell you I've been part of the church for a long time was an elder and I couldn't pray I didn't have words when I did have words they were hard words they were anger they were, why? They were questions. They were doubts. It was, and I know that there were a lot of you here that were here at that time that prayed, prayed hard for us. And I felt it, but I couldn't pray. I tried but I couldn't do it. And I really think that had I had some of these tools at that time, had I thought about the Lord's Prayer in the way that I think about it now, I still might not have been able to get there, but I might have. And I can tell you now that I'm better equipped to deal with those difficult times. And I know some of you have been there. Some of you have experienced that kind of trauma. And what I want you to hear today is how important it is to have community. 
how important it is to be able to share that difficult time, to share that struggle with one another. And how Jesus understands because other versions of that verse when he's in the garden says that he prayed in agony and that his sweat was like blood. And you can read that and it doesn't make a lot of sense. We don't really understand it unless you have been on your knees in agony and said, I can't. I just can't. I don't have any words. I don't feel like talking to you, God. All I feel is anger. We need one another. We need to pick up the slack when we get to those points. Because sometimes it's really, really hard. We need tools to help us get there. And we need an understanding that our God has been there and he will continue to be there. And it's okay to be angry with him. It's okay to doubt him. He understands. He understands. So I hope that these couple of things that I've talked about can help you, give you some tools We also have the Spirit who will not abandon us. Most of all, we have community with one another. And I want you to know that if you're in a hard place right now, that there are folks that understand. There are folks that have been there. Jesus understands, and he's been there. And whether you're new to faith or whether you just struggle with finding the words that you try and that you pray for us, that you pray for this church, that you pray that this church will not be led through trials and that we will be delivered from the evil one. And if you're there and you need prayers, I encourage you to find somebody around you I encourage you to find one of us, or I encourage you just to try to pray through these prayer prompts. Um, I love you. I thank you for the opportunity uh, to be up here today, and we are here if you have any needs as Chris leads us in prayer or in song. Thank you.